Well, good morning, church. Um, yeah, good morning. That was really awesome. I don't know about you, but that song was just, oh, I love Jesus. Um, I want to start this morning just by reading a scripture that you will all know, I guarantee. It's from Matthew 7. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came down, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago, actually, it was about six weeks ago. And I don't know why that song from Sunday school popped into my head. Now, some of you are already singing it, I know. Don't build your house on the sandy land. Now, listen, I would sing it to you, but there's a reason why I've got the mic now and not half an hour ago with Dolly. All right, so I'm not going to sing it. But basically it is, don't build your house on the sandy land. Don't build it too near the shore, because it might look kind of nice, but you'll have to build it twice. So you'll have to build your house once more. And you'll know the rest. You've got to build your house on the rock. And that's what I really want to talk about today. And do you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking to the youth about this. And then Dave, um, David Cooper started talking about, you know, when you sat somewhere and you're thinking, that's what God's given me. And David's nicking my sermon. David, don't say another word, please. Because he talks about just do it. And I, and I went back to God and said, God. And he said, no, you still got to go with this. So I'm, I'm going with it. But basically, it is about building on the rock. Building our lives on the rock of God's word. Do you know, the Bible doesn't say go to church and be a part of it. The Bible says that we need to A, know the word of God. But actually, not just know it but build our lives on it. And church, I want us to get a bit real this morning because I think the reality is so often we know an awful lot up here about God's word, but it's, we're not building our lives on it. We know what we should be doing. We know what the Bible says, but we're not doing it. And I really feel there is a challenge in this season, especially with this whole area of fierce prayer. We know we are meant to be a house of prayer. And yet how often do we let other things creep in to stop us building our lives on prayer and that's really where I want to go with all this you know the first thing though I want to do is encourage you this morning are you ready for this I'm going to guarantee you in life all right the rains will descend the floods will come the winds will blow and it will be on your house at some point do you know what I mean and whether that's today or whether that's in six weeks or next year at some point in our lives we will all have storms it's a reality of life the bible tells us uh, in Matthew 5 um, it says but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you for that, that you may be children of your father in heaven for he causes the sun to shine on the evil and the good and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous you know all of us at some point experience storms but this parable tells us that actually the storm isn't the issue it's where we've built is the issue because actually we're all going to have storms but it's where we have put our roots where we have built our foundations that will determine the outcome and that's what I want us to think about Hebrews tells us Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever Oh, I only got two amens for that. Really? Um, Exodus 3, 
God says, I am the God of your father, of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You know, that was generational. God did not change. Malachi 3, 5, 7 says, for I am the, I am the Lord and I do not change. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a bit seasick every time I turn the telly on. You know, one minute we're doing this, whoa, next minute we're doing this, yay. One minute this is right, one minute this is wrong. Oh, what, what am I meant to do for best? Seriously, I get seasick watching the news at the moment. And also as well, things that for years that people have said, this is, this is this and this is that, that's all changing. The modern view is completely changing. If you look at the world, you will not find consistency. And yet actually the Bible Bible again and again reminds us that Jesus does not change. The word of God does not change. In a world that is so inconsistent, do you know, I'm so glad I can build my life on something that isn't going to change next week. Do you know what I mean? That I'm not going to build something that actually next week I'll be told, well, actually, you should have done it this way because that would have been better. Do you know, it should give us confidence. But church, can I be really honest with us? It presents us with a challenge too. Because it's so easy in a world that is so willing to change every single thing that actually we say, no, this is what we build our lives on. And you know, it, it presents a great comfort and a great stability. But church, it also presents a great challenge. And we need to be careful that we stick to the words of God. So I want to encourage you today, if you're in a tough place, all right, God does not change. And if you're not in a tough place, I'm really sorry, you will be at some point, so this will be relevant then. Just maybe replay it to yourself then. Um, but you know, can I, be, can I be honest? Storms do come and go. Whatever you're going through today, if you're in a tough place, can I, can I say the word of God is storms do come and they do go as well. So don't believe that the situation you're in now is forever, it's not. But what I want to tell you is God still loves you. God is still for you, not against you. He is still there to restore and to forgive. He knows the end from the beginning. Do you know when I read the New Testament, I love reading the stories of Jesus. Why? Because the Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus of today. The Jesus that sought the lost is still seeking the lost today. The Jesus that sought to restore is still the Jesus that is restoring today. The Jesus that healed in the Bible is still the Jesus that I serve today. I was listening to a song yesterday. I got to mow the lawn yesterday I was really excited I love mowing my lawn with my headphones on like that. it was eight but I was listening to a song by a lady called Sister Rosetta and she's and the song goes 99 and a half Lord will not do we need the hundred do you know and I felt there was a real word for someone in, in here this morning you know you've been maybe praying or you're concerned about someone who's lost and you think God's forgotten them God never forgets the one so if that's you today, you're praying for somebody and you know, you, you know, you're concerned almost that God's sort of forgotten them, that God's not actually that bothered, that they're lost. Jesus of the Bible, who said that he was the shepherd who would seek the one, is still the shepherd who is seeking the one. Do you know what I mean? Actually, in the song, it was 99 and a half. I couldn't quite work out how you could have half a person. But anyway... It was artistic license. But I want to encourage you this morning that if you are in a storm, A, storms will come in life. B, make sure you realise that actually the Jesus in the Bible is the one that is there with you in that storm because he doesn't change. Just be encouraged this morning, church. But as I said, I want to really think about us building on the solid ground of God's word this morning. So we need to build on the solid ground of Jesus and on God's word. 
But you know, the thing is, foundations are often hidden. We moved to our current house just under four years ago, and I can pretty much navigate the whole house in the dark now, which is always a bonus, because it means I don't wake anyone up when I'm getting up and down. Um, and also, I can pretty much tell you, occasionally I'll go to Darren, Darren, that cracks new, and Darren's going, I don't think it is, love, and I'm thinking, oh, I know it is, because I know it wasn't there three weeks ago, or whatever. Um, so I know our house quite well. I even know, I have looked under the floorboards, because we had a little leak, and I had a little look, but I can honestly say, in the three and a half years that I've lived in that house, I've never seen the foundations because they're underground, and I'm not that interested. Um, but foundations are often hidden, and the same is true in our lives. Our foundations are often hidden. Um, and quite often, what we're building on, other people will never know. So in terms of building, you know, it might be what you actually really think, that's quite hidden, but actually what you think is what you're building on. What you're, how you choose to react when somebody says something. You know, I don't know about you, I'm really good, because I'm, I'm, I'm really good at this. Teachers are quite good at this. You know, we, we're all good at acting, because essentially, if a kid says something really rude to you, inside you just think... <laughs> but obviously, because you're a professional, you don't do that. You just go, well, that's not very polite, is it? And you know that, that's a warning. Do you know what I mean? And you do it in a nice, calm voice, because if you go, that's a warning, the whole situation explodes. But nobody really knows what I'm actually thinking internally. Um, and equally, when a kid does something that's maybe that they think is really naughty, I have to act like I'm really traumatised. Oh, how dare you have chewing gum? Really, I don't care if you've got gum, really. What difference does it make? As long as you know the bit of science I need to teach you. But I have to act. But don't we all do this in real life, don't we? We all have this front. But actually, only you know what's going on deep inside of you when somebody says something. Only you know what goes through your head. And actually this week I, was, I really felt a, the spirit check me on this. I was at work and somebody did something. And it wasn't anything major, but I just thought, oh, really? How, how sappy. And, and I could feel all this like cynicism building up inside me. And as I walked up the stairs to go get my cup of coffee, the thing, I just felt the Holy Spirit go, well, it's not building on the rock, is it, Rachel? Um, <laughs> But genuinely, it was. Do you know what I mean? Now, no, you, you didn't, none of you would have known that I had those awful thoughts. Well, they were, I wasn't going to kill her or anything. It was just, it was more like, oh, really? You're so pathetic. Oh, grow up a bit. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, it was those kind of thoughts. Sorry, I'm, I'm not a very holy person, obviously. But, you know, no, but seriously, I felt a check in my spirit. You know, that is something that is hidden. I didn't need to confess that all to you. Do you know what I mean? I don't even think I confessed it to Darren. Um, because he wasn't here. Um, I would have done otherwise. Um, but what I'm saying is it's hidden. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And quite often, just as foundations in a house are hidden, yeah, our thought life is hidden. And, and that is where we need to make sure that we are building on the truth. Do you know? Because if we're not doing it in the hidden place, then actually we're not doing it at all. And that's a real challenge to me, do you know? And it, it comes in all sorts of areas, doesn't it? It's how we choose to react, how we choose to look at situations, what we choose to do when we think no one is noticing. You know, it's those things in the hidden place that we are, that, where we need to be building on God's word and doing what is right. Do you know, sometimes there are people, aren't there, that go through real hardships. And, you know, I know people who've had great loss, great loss, do you know what I mean, and suffered for, for prolonged periods of time, and yet they are faithful to God, they're still in church, they're still worshipping, and I sometimes look at them and go, wow, how did they do that, 
They do it because their foundations are right. In the hidden place, they have been practicing living and working and standing on the word of God. And church, that's what we need to do. We need to be people that don't just look like Christians from the outside, but are actually people that are building our foundation on Jesus and his word so that when the storm comes, we do stand. So foundations are hidden. A lot of what we, when we're talking about building on the word of God, a lot of it is internal, a lot of it is what we think, and, it, and it's got to be built on the word of God. The next thing I want to just quickly think about is the fact that building on rock takes time and effort. Do you know, sometimes, all right, I'm sure if I was in the natural building a house, you know, you could probably put up a house on quite easy ground very, very quickly, but building on rock would be very, very difficult. It would take a lot of time. And sometimes I think that actually we get frustrated because building our lives on God can take time. Sometimes we have to chip away at the rock bit by bit by bit before we get it sorted. Now, I'm going to give you another confession, and anyone who knows me even reasonably well won't be surprised by this. I'm a little bit of a control freak. All right, I like to have all my ducks in order, and then I feel happy. Do you know, so we recently went on holiday, um, and I'll be honest with you, running through my head in the run-up to this holiday, I always say to, about holidays, I don't want to go. Because there's always, I'm thinking about all the things that could possibly go wrong. And I'm thinking, has Darren done the visa right? Because you know what he's like, he's not very good. He sometimes like puts numbers in just any old how, any old order. And I half, half imagine getting to the border because we were going to America and, and them going, no, because this number's the wrong way around. And then I was thinking, well, what about the car park? Is it actually going to be there? Because you know, we did it online and you never know. It might not even be a car park when we get there. Do you know I mean? And I thought about, oh, and how are we going to, once we've got to the airport, you know, we've got to get there. That's, that should be all right. Have we left ourselves enough time? Have we not? Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, and when we get there, we've got to actually make our way from the airport. And Darren tells me we can use public transport. So we had to get two trains to where we were going. I'm thinking, are these trains going to even connect? Do they even exist? You know, these are some of the things. Anyway, as it turned out, it happened to be the weekend of Storm Dennis. So all the things I was worrying about really weren't a big issue, actually, as it turned out. And actually, I really, again, felt a check in my spirit. God was just laughing. He was absolutely having a hoot at me. He said, do you know what? You've worried about all those things. And the one thing you didn't worry about, that's the thing that's going to delay you. <laughs> um, and it was almost like, it's a good job I've got you covered because you can't worry about everything because you're never going to know everything, but I do when I've got you covered. But you know what? I sometimes get frustrated because I am naturally quite like it all sorted. But the bottom line is, do you know what I mean? God is still at work in me and we're still digging that bit of the foundation. And I might need to keep reminding myself, I'm building on God's word. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm building on God's word. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm building on God's word. I'm not going to worry about this either. I'm building on... Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes it takes time to build on God's word. But just because you, you mess up doesn't mean that you should stop digging that bit of your foundation. Does that make sense, church? So we need to be people that are building our lives on God's word because God is not going to change even in a world that changes. Our foundations are often hidden, church. It's what goes on in the secret place, in, in between our ears, where we need to really focus and make sure we're getting our thoughts right, making sure we're, we're, we're doing it in the right place. But also we need to be aware that it's not going to necessarily be an overnight thing. It's going to be take time because building on rock takes time.
Sorry, I'm old school. I've got loads of bits of paper. But you know, as well, it's not just that. It's sometimes we can get frustrated with ourselves, but also we can sometimes get frustrated when we look at other people. I sometimes look at people and think, gosh, how have they got there so fast? How do they seem to be so serene so fast? Because I'm still not. But you know, and other people might even say to you, do you know what I mean? Um, how, how, why bother with tithing? Why bother with forgiving? Why bother with turning the other cheek? Why bother with praying? Because no one's going to know. The reality is, it's true, people are always going to know. But actually, just because it's not seen doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it, church. And don't get fooled into thinking that these things are important. You know, forgiveness, I think, is a major one. Do you know what? I can, on the face of it, go, I forgive you. And inside I'm thinking, really? Uh, you're not. You're dead to me. I'm not. I'm not involved with you ever again. But I, but I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. Seriously, church, we can forgive people on the outside, but inside we're not, and therefore we're not building on the word of God. And I want to say to us, church, we need to start being real. We need to start putting into practice the things we hear here on a Sunday morning, and actually start putting them into practice in our lives if we want to be people who are built on the rock. You know, God is not going to be bothered when we get to heaven what car we've driven, but he is going to be bothered on what we've built our lives. And you know, he's not going to ask us, did you have a nice car? He's going to ask you, what did you build your life on? Did you build it on my word? Did you not? And and I want to encourage you this morning, church, we need to be people who are building on the rock. So my question is, are we? If you are the average Christian, you come to church nearly every week, you have a reasonable number of holidays, you might listen to 45 sermons Teachers, you can knock that down to 40 because we just have so many holidays. Um, I'm sorry, I just had to say that because people always say that's the only reason I'm a teacher. It is. Um, 45 sermons a year. You'll probably read a couple of books. You might listen to a couple of, blo- uh, po- couple of podcasts, read a couple of books. You know, we are so blessed all right, in in this church, to hear the word of God week in, week out. People have spent time praying, seeking God. God, what do you want me to say? And we come here along and we we can be given something from God in that sense. Do you know, quickly, this is a point for you to do something. It's to make sure you're all still with me. What have you heard this year? Now, if I was in school, I'd make your parents share, which is really embarrassing because you have to speak to the person next year. I'm not going to do that. But what have you heard this year? What sermons have you heard this year? To jog your memory. The lost matter to God, so they matter to me. That was Fergus. Just do it, David Cooper. Get into the river. That was Andrew. Uh, Be made into new wineskins. That was Jared. God's more interested in our character. Didn't like that one very much. Sorry, Jared. It was a bit painful. Um, Importance of remembrance. Andrew. And most importantly, more recently, we've been talking about prayer. These are just some of the things we've heard, church, this year. But how much of it are we actually doing? How much of it are we actually putting into practice in our lives? Do you know, we can come to church, and I do every week. I come to church, I listen to the word, and I think, amen, I agree with it. I mentally ascend to it. But how much of it am I actually doing? And again, it's hidden. No one's going to know what I'm doing unless I tell everybody, and then it's not hidden, but you know what I mean? And it might take time, but how much of it am I actually putting into application in my life? You know, sun cream, brilliant stuff. 
If you don't put it on, it doesn't work. Uh, antibiotics, I almost didn't dare say this one, but if you leave them in the bottle, they're not going to work. Instantly, they don't work against corona, because it's a virus, so don't worry. TCP, my only reason for liking sore throats, it means I can gargle with TCP. Believe it or not, I love it. All right, seriously, I get excited when I think, oh, it's sore enough for TCP. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, if, we don't, if I don't use the sun cream, if I don't take the antibiotic, if I don't use the TCP on my sore throat, it doesn't do me any good. You know, coming to church week in, week out and just listening and never doing anything with it doesn't do us any good, church. It's not what we're called to. We're called to hear the word of God and do it. And so I, that's my real challenge. You know, the word of God is fabulous. If you read, just go away if you get a chance this week and read what the Bible says about itself, but also talk to other people who've applied it. But you know, Hebrews tells us it is the living, it is living, it's powerful. Timothy tells us, I've got loads of scriptures, but I won't go into necessarily all of them. But you know, Timothy tells us that it is God-inspired you know, that it's, it's a word of truth. The best, my favourite one that I found when I was looking all this up, uh, it was all about, um, it's just timeless, it just doesn't change. And again, it, it came back to that thing that it is the word of God and it does not change. You know, but unless we are applying it, if, unless we're applying it in the secret places of our lives, in our thought life, in our day-to-day -day life that no one sees, unless we're willing to keep working on it and keep letting God use it in our lives, it's not going to enable us to build on it. And it's, that's the bit that's really important. But you know, it's not just sermons, is it? We are so privileged in the UK. I don't know about you, how many Bibles do you have at home? I wouldn't like to count in our house, probably. Do you know what I mean? But we have the Bible so freely available, and yet there are nations still today where the Bible's maybe not illegal. You're allowed it, but you'll get in trouble if you've got one. Do you know what I mean? It's, to all intents and purposes, it's illegal. There are still 1.5 billion people that don't have access to the Bible in their native tongue. Just think about it, church. If you think about church history, um, John, John Hoos um, was, a, was sort of a contemporary of John Wycliffe, who did a lot of, a lot who they named the Wycliffe Society after. But he was burnt at the stake. And one, he was generally opposed to the, the church at, the point, at that point, the sort of formal church. But one of the things that he was really keen on was everyone having the Bible in English, because that was, that was where he was at. Do you know what I mean? And actually, as he was burned at the stake, it is said that he said, 100 years from now, there will be a man who will come whose calls for reformation will not be ignored. And Martin Luther, uh, not, yeah, Martin Luther came 100 years after that. You know, people died to get the Bible into English for us. Do you know what I mean? And we take it so much for granted. So it's not just what you hear in church. It's about you being engaged with the word of God for yourself at home. Um, a famous um, sort of theologian was teaching one of his students and she said, this is what he said to her. When you read the Bible, you must think that here and now God is speaking with me. From the very beginning, he taught me that I had to read the Bible as if it was directed at me, as if, the, as if it was the word of God directly to me. Not something general or something generally applicable, but rather a personal relationship to me. And that was the core of it all. And the bottom line is, church, I want to encourage you this morning. 
really encourage you this morning, all right, to take what you're hearing in church, but also to pick up your Bible during the week and begin to make it part of your day-to-day routine. Now, I know a lot of you do, all right, and, and that's great. If you do, great, keep going. But listen, approach it with a fresh approach this week of, God, this is your word to me. What are you saying? What, what, what one thing are you saying to me today through it? You know, I really want to encourage you. We've heard so much great stuff in church this year already. Do you know what I mean? And if we just applied what we'd heard already this year, I'm sure it'd make a huge difference, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of people around us. You know, the lost matter to God, so they matter to me. How about picking one person and just praying from every day, God, give me a chance to witness to them. And when they get saved, there's a bit of faith for you. When they get saved, let's move on and pick someone else. Yeah? How about picking the most difficult person at work and remembering that they're lost and they matter to God? And every time they irritate you, they're lost. They matter to God. They matter to me. I think it'll change our attitude a bit, church. But again, that's a change in the hidden place that'll make an, a, have an outward expression. What about just do it? David Cooper's sermon. Can I just ask, I don't know if this is right, but I I believe there's a few people that really felt God had challenged them to do something during that sermon and you haven't done it yet. Just do it. This is the reminder. Make sure you're doing it. Jared and his new wineskins and the character. God, be more interested in our character. How about next time we face a tough situation? Instead of moaning and complaining. I'm really good at that, incidentally. If you want tips, don't come to me. Um, But... I'm really good at that. How about saying, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? What are you trying to develop in me with this? What about um, Andrew's remembering uh, the, the importance of remembrance? How about simply just saying thank you for three things every morning this week? Do you know, church, it doesn't need to be a big thing, but it needs to be a conscious thing. It needs to be a conscious, I'm building on the rock. Because if we don't choose to build on the rock, what will happen is we will come on a Sunday and we will visit the rock. We might even go and visit the rock in our own quiet time. But unless we actually make a conscious decision to build on the rock, that will just disappear. You know, there is the uh, the, um, parable of the sower. The seed gets stolen. Do you know, unless we really choose to build on the rock, it's so easy for these things to get stolen from us. So this morning, there's other things I could say, but I'm going to leave it there. But this morning, can I just encourage you, everybody, storms will come and storms will go. But in the storm... God is constant. The Jesus of the Bible is still the Jesus we serve today because he is the same yesterday, today and forever. We need to build on Jesus and God and his word because all other ground is shaky ground. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that in here this morning. Foundations are often hidden. Building on God's word is as much about what goes on in here and in the quiet places and the private places at home as it is about the external. The foundations then, all right, might take time. It might take effort. You might have to keep going back to it again and again and chip off a bit of the rock, keep chipping off the rock. But it's a conscious thing that we need to do. But don't get frustrated that it takes time and effort. God often reminds me, I've got eternity. Seriously, I sometimes think, God, am I still struggling with that? God, I've tripped up again with that. Do you know what I mean? God just goes, I've got eternity. It's all, it's all good. All good. All right. And my challenge to you is, what are you practically doing with what you hear in church? 
if I can encourage you, I think the easiest thing to do is even if it's just once a week, look at everything that you've read or maybe you've heard in church and say, what one thing, God, are you wanting me to do with this this week? All right? What one thing are you telling me to do? And I'll do that because I want to build my life on your rock. You know, prayer is where we're at at the moment. And this is just the last little scripture I want to bring. And it's, it's Matthew tw- uh, 6, sorry, verses 5 to 7. When you pray, don't be like the hypocr- hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father in heaven who is unseen, and then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. You know, we are praying corporately, aren't we, at the moment, church? But can I encourage you? We need to take this home. And we need to start building and building in this area of prayer, building our life on the rock of prayer and time with God and intimacy with God at home. Because what we do in the secret place will be rewarded by God. But also, we will reap the reward because when the day of storm comes, we'll be able to stand. I don't know about you, but I want to be able to stand in the storm. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I actually begin to build my life on the rock, apply God's word to my life, not just hear it. So can I encourage you, church, this week, be builders, but be builders on the rock. Amen.